Nation, Rob McGregor, welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the mystical underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob McGregor and, and Trish McGregor and our producer and tech magician, John Posey. You can go to the mystical where we make regular blog posts and or you can find out about our books. Among them are Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities, The Secrets of Spirit Communication, Sensing the Future, and Aliens in the Backyard. Our most recent book is called The Shift, Reports from the Mystical Underground. Trisha's latest novel is called The White Crows, and Rob's latest book is called Breathe, A Master Diver's Survival Tales, co-authored with Rick Bedowa. Our guest today is Reverend Sue Frederick, an ordained minister, an astro-numerologist, lifelong intuitive, and a certified past life and between lives soul regression therapist. She's the author of several books, including Through a Divine Lens, which we're going to talk about today. And she's also the author of the Sacred Numerology Workbook, Bridge to Heaven, and I See Your Dream Job. Welcome, Sue. It's so good Welcome, to have Sue. you. Thank you. It's so great to be here with you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry this got delayed so much, but <laughs> unforeseen <Yeah>. circumstances. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, you've just been through a major soul agreement with your sister, right? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I had known about it beforehand. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, she Did was- Did that ever bit... happen? <laughs> yeah, well, that is the trick of life, I think, that we're not allowed to see those hard lessons because we have to experience them in the here and now or we wouldn't totally uh -huh. open and grow. Yeah. You know, I argue with the guides about why it has to be that way, but apparently <laughs> it does. Yeah, it, it was so it shocking. It somehow for... seems unfair, yeah. right? It was so shocking for us because Trisha's sister was very healthy and uh, very active. Uh, she was uh, involved in rock climbing and uh, indoor rock climbing mostly and uh, took us like a 16 mile bike ride the day before she got sick and went to uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, just went to aerobics class and uh, suddenly she got sick and two days later, boom, it's gone. Well, I would say that's a pretty clean exit. I exit, mean, yeah. Don't, that don't was what we I all thought. hope that we have a clear and clean exit <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, she yeah. never wanted to linger, which she didn't. Right. So, yeah. you know, right. that was good. Yeah. That was positive. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. We've got a lot of questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> all right. Okay. Your book begins with an out-of-body vision you received during an illness in 2015. When your fever went above 103, that was the vision there behind you. Okay. Um, 
uh, in which in the vision your guides revealed that upcoming events on Earth might appear chaotic and disturbing, but that the light is always winning. Okay, please tell us about this vision and how it inspired your book. Yeah, I think the important thing for me is that it came to me at a time where I felt like life was pretty sweet, you know, on planet. I mean, I know we have a lot of problems on Earth, but in 2013, 2014, around that time, I was doing a lot of grief shifting workshops, <clears throat> helping my clients have their own healing connection to their departed loved ones and doing meditations and automatic <clears throat> writing and and feeling that the world was kind of evolving in a positive way. <laughs> and then I had this fever where I was taken out of my body and shown this vision of light beams shooting out of the earth. And I was held by these loving guides, angels, and and I asked them, you know, what are those lights? And they said, <clears throat> every time a soul on earth wakes up to their higher consciousness, to love, compassion, and wisdom, that light sh shoots out of the earth and fills the cosmos with light. And they were showing me <clears throat> that the light was spreading around the globe as we watched it. And they were really adamant telling me things are going to get hard <clears throat> on earth in the next few years, but there have to be <clears throat> teachers who are telling everyone that from the higher perspective, the light is always winning. The love is always winning, no matter how dark it can seem when we're down in the minutia of it. Mm -hmm. And when I woke up from that vision, I channeled in that book through a divine lens to try to really explain this idea that even now, still on earth, when things are really troubled and <clears throat> conflicting, where, you know, many of us have family members we can't even speak to anymore, <laughs> just a lot yeah. of stuff has happened. <laughs> if we really pull back through some sort of spiritual practice or alignment with our guides, we can see how the light and the love is winning, no matter how it seems. I hope you're right. Oh, it's good to know. <laughs> I hope you're right. <laughs> they were so Every day, clear. we hope you're right. They were yeah. so clear on that okay. message, and I have clung to that many, many times over the years. caught some news headlines which which can really throw us off center you know and I just have to go back into my meditation and my connection with my guides and and that they remind me of this so so uh, you uh, yeah you mentioned that this came to you through a fever and a, uh, illness do we have to undergo undergo tra uh, traumatic uh experiences like this to in order to evolve is that a requirement <laughs> that you know that's a debate i've had with spirit guide many times <laughs> can, can i just sit here at my computer and evolve without getting well, sick <laughs> what i've been shown what i've been told is that when we get to earth and we go through the forgetfulness of who we are we will just hunker down into the details that you know, we get into the survival story of shelter and food and safety mm -hmm. and all of this stuff that the human mind is all focused on. 
And we don't really ask the bigger questions. We don't pay attention to the bigger story of consciousness evolving and why we're here on earth until something breaks our heart wide open. Uh Mm -hmm. Energetically, that's because we like to live in our heads. It's a lot safer. It's a lot pain, (laughs) a lot more pain-free, but when the heart breaks through grief, especially now, suddenly, as you know, with your sister, our heart is leading the way. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. Tell us something. You mentioned something, a, a, a term I'd never heard before about the library of souls. I found yeah. that fascinating. T- tell us about that. It's one of the places where I guide clients to when we visit the between realms meeting place where souls go to process their lives and and to understand what this past life was all about that they've just come out of, and then to study more and learn if they want to come back to the earth to help evolution, or they just want to work from the divine realms. And one of those places they go for that is called the Library of Souls, (laughs) where they Uh access all information about the purpose of human lifetimes, about health and healing, My clients love going into that space and just absorbing the wisdom of it, absorbing the knowledge. Is that the the same as the Akashic Record? I believe that the Akashic Records are in that library, but the library is more extensive than just that. Okay. Wow. Hmm. Well, how can you get to it through meditation? (laughs) Yes, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you don't have to have somebody like me guide you. You can go into, mm-hmm. in fact, on my YouTube channel, I have meditations that would take anyone into that space uh-huh. where they can have their own conversation with their spirit guides and their departed loved ones and go to that library for their own seeking and wisdom purposes. Would, would I? Would my sister be there? Yes, absolutely. In fact, your sister... <laughs> okay. Your sister is around you right now. I mean, you must feel her. She's very happy. Yeah, I feel with, her a lot. Yeah, she was. she's very happy with you, loves you so much, and also says that that was as long as she could linger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, I get that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, our both our parents suffered lingering illnesses. Neither one of us wanted to linger. Right, right. So, yeah. That makes sense. So I think the problem with organized religion is that too many people get stuck in dogma. And that's one of the reasons there's uh, <clears throat> our country and our world is uh, so divided. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting that you are a minister yourself. Uh, Wait, a unity minister. <laughs> a unity minister. <laughs> there's a, okay, let's go into that. Big uh, difference. <laughs> there is quite a difference. <laughs> Tell us about that. Um, well, the reason I went to four years of ministry school in my late 60s was because I've studied every religion. I've lived in a Buddhist ashram. I've immersed Uh. myself in Hindu practices. I grew up Catholic. I've studied theosophy. I've worked with Native American spiritual guides and studied so much of it. And what unity teaches is, I believe, the primary true principle about God. And it is that this is an all good, all God loving universe 
only about evolution of consciousness and that that all good God consciousness lives in all of us, in our heart, in our soul's wisdom. We're part of it. So there's not this evil, dark devil that we have to be afraid of or these laws we have to follow. We're all on our own journey of soul evolution and we're the judge of ourselves and we create the soul lesson for each lifetime. Yeah, so I unity, like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So unity is uh, it's related to the new thought movement, isn't it? From the early 20th century. Yeah. 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 Which... And, you know, the best part about ministry school was I got to study <laughs> the origin of Christianity and really read what those original Aramaic texts were that oh. the, the Bible is based on ah. that have since been rewritten, retranslated yeah. by countless yeah. men over the thousands of years. And Jesus totally talked about reincarnation in the original text. And he also said, I give you one commandment, and it's more important than all the rest. It's to love one another on the Sermon of the Mount. And then these dogmatic men came in later on, even after, like, (laughs) the Apostle Paul is responsible. (laughs) Right. For the dysfunctional Christianity on earth. He never <laughs> met Jesus. Jesus's <laughs> apostles never liked Paul. And he is responsible <laughs> for the Christianity that we have today with its wow. hatred. And that's, inter- that's interesting. Because, that's fascinating. Uh, uh, I, grew, I grew up Catholic too. And I, I remember now ta- uh, the priests always talking about Paul. Yes. <laughs> they just love those crazy messages of only by Christ are we saved. You know, Jesus yeah. never said that. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. where, where was the school you went to? Unity Ministerial School. There's a place in Missouri called Unity Village, but they also have online courses. So I started I started it all with online while I was working and seeing my clients. But I started it, but I started it, Trish, because um in 2016, when the election happened, Uh I felt so um troubled. I was suddenly felt like I needed a spiritual reboot, right? Mm -hmm. And Uh I had followed Unity for decades, and I was very involved at Unity of Boulder, where I used to live. And so I was one day just sitting in that church, and I was called to become a Unity minister. Uh And honestly, those four years of school kicked my vibration up such so many notches that I feel Mm -hmm. like it's fueled me through the whole political turmoil of these last few years. (laughs) That's great. Boy, that's needed. (laughs) Right. So you talk about, go ahead, Rob. Okay. You talk about the, the lens of ego and the divine lens. Can you go into that some, because that's really the theme of your book. And I was just wondering though, is there times when we need to, uh, be in the ego lens. Yeah. Yeah. We walk in one foot in two, two worlds, yeah, one yeah. foot in the physical world that we have to survive in and mm-hmm. one foot in the divine realm, which is our true nature, our essence as a soul on a journey. And so we have to have both feet planted and that's a new consciousness experiment that we're in of shifting this earth realm energy to remove the veil so that we can live united with these two realms. But 
we have to have that physical. And that's what I always tell my clients. Don't beat yourself up that you find yourself lost in the minutia of life and, and, you know, worried and afraid of all the wrong things. That's part of our human self and our ego and our human mind is all about survival. <laughs> and yet our soul is going, wake up, you're a divine being who came here on purpose, love instead of fear and get in alignment with that God consciousness universe to live and fulfill your soul's mission, your soul's purpose. Hmm. Well, now, Sue, you lost your husband when you were really, really young. How yeah, did that, that was my greatest on? spiritual awakening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I kind of figured. That story is really, I was 29, but we were Colorado Outward Bound mountaineering instructors in the 70s. Maybe you guys remember that. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember. I we, remember. Yeah, we were teaching people to overcome fears, you know, to climb their mountains. It was a physical kind of teaching about overcoming fear in our hearts and in our psyches. But I would say I was pretty separated from my spirituality in those years. I was really kind of more in the ego brain of we are humans, uh -huh. we can overcome everything. And then I met and fell in love with this beautiful mountain climber, Paul Frederick. He was such a spiritually wise soul. And we fell deeply and madly in love, got married. And, and then after a while, he had some stomach problems. And by the time he was diagnosed with colon cancer, they gave him two weeks to live. This was the 70s. Oh. Um, but we said no to that. We again brought that idea of conquering to the story and said, uh -huh. we'll overcome this. And we did alternative and conventional health um, uh, treatments. And the lesson was sometimes mm -hmm. it's a soul's exit point and we have to mm -hmm. learn how to discern that. And what I know to be true now is that Paul chose me to walk a journey with him that would be very painful and very awakening because we had this agreement uh -huh. that that physical suffering was going to help him transform himself to the highest realm of spiritual awareness and that he chose it. We don't have to choose it, but he chose it. And I uh -huh. chose to gain my spiritual strength to become one of the helper teachers huh. here eventually that was our soul agreement it's all revealed through numerology which is why i love numerology and paul woke me up by breaking my heart wide open and at his moment of death i saw his spirit he showed me his spirit as he was leaving his body and wow. then he came back constantly to talk to me and he still comes back and yeah, says ask you that yeah. yeah yeah he said like this teaching you need to tweak and and explain it this way <laughs> like he's always there telling Whoa. me how to do this <laughs> yeah. that's great though you can say okay i need i need an idea here now, yes. it, is it, how do you uh when he communicate do do you see him <laughs> or do you uh just uh, what's your communication like how it, de it depends. You know, we all have many different clairvoyant, clairaudient, very claircognizant uh, senses. And there's times when I'm really afraid or upset about something that he'll, I'll actually see a glimpse of his physicality with his red uh, hat, just kind of tilting his red <laughs> baseball hat, you know, just kind of mm. giving me a wink. But most of the time it's 
a knowingness and a clear audience. My clear audience skill is the most developed. And then it comes through in automatic writing. Uh And that's Uh how I hear him. And that's how I hear departed spirits when I work with grieving clients is I connect to them first through their numerology path and then uh, call in their departed loved one to talk to me through writing. And then I read that to the client when the session starts. Hmm. Yeah, your numerology section, I found fascinating. I'm an astrologer, so I like uh, the, I know the number I saw stuff. that about you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, explain explain now to somebody, okay, uh, how you calculate your birth path using yeah. numerology. And you've got it nicely explained in your book. Yeah. Well, let me just say I do it differently than everybody, including many uh-huh. of the places you'll find on the internet. I believe you have to add that birth date three different ways. Mm -hmm. to really understand the soul journey that a person has chosen in the life. And I explain that in my workbook, but to do it simply for a quick reference, you would just take every digit of your date, month and year and singularly add them all up and you come up with a double digit. You add that down, those two digits together until you get a single digit And that single digit tells you the path that your soul chose for a lifetime, what you've come to do. So I wish I had asked for your dates of birth ahead of time, but (laughs) yeah, next time. time, I'll tell you you about my path. If that is what, yeah. yeah. So when Paul died and I was, um, you know, I had these moments of such amazing, he took me with him to the divine realms. And so the part of me that was so awakened, but then I had (laughs) my physical self, my ego self going, you know, this sucks. What am I going to do now? I've lost the greatest love of my life and I'm turning 30 and all my friends are getting married and having babies. And why am I here? Why can't I just go and be with him? And, and so this friend, gifted me with a numerology session and she sat down in front of me and in one hour changed my life explained to me explained to me what my soul agreement was with Paul and what his path was about and what my path is and my path is called the Virgo 22 slash four master soul journey And here I was, this 30-year-old unemployed because I had worked for Outward Bound. I was an unpublished writer. I'd been a writer my whole life. And she was going, you came in on this master soul path. And I'm going, what? I can't pay the bills right now. Like, what are you talking about? And um, But she said, you have to stay. That's what you agreed to. And someday your writings and your teachings will help so many people. And I have to say, it sounds trite, but that reset me so that when I would have thoughts of why can't I just leave and go be with him, I would say, no, he's he's aware of what I'm going through and there's a purpose I'm here. And my numerology studies, I became obsessed with numerology in 1980. They began to be this thread that pulled me through doing readings for friends for free until Uh finally I began to do it as my true career. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So you're a Virgo. Oh, yes. (laughs) But you see, I needed that. My daughter. 
I I yeah. have Pisces everywhere else. I'm Pisces rising, Pisces moon, Pisces uh, all the way. And the Virgo is grounded. All, yeah, I needed to yeah. be grounded. And yeah. so I chose that analytical mind of the Virgo. Right. But that also became a challenge, right? Everything's uh -huh. a gift and a challenge because I've had to lift up from that logical, practical left brain approach that Virgos love into my higher even piscean energy of right. my right brain higher self those two uh -huh. battled it out for a while in my 30s <laughs> yeah. so pisces rising and a pisces moon oh yeah wow <laughs> i okay. can cry at the drop of a you know <laughs> i just can cry like nobody's business but i forgive myself for that now <laughs> yeah. wow. so so, Sue, uh, you seem to be able to make contact with the other side quite consciously through meditation, where some of us, like myself, make have contact through dreaming. Yeah, uh, I, I do, too. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, when we're uh, uh, after Trisha's sister died, the family gathered in Atlanta. Uh, there's three sons and their whole families. And uh, Trish and I were there and, uh, and our had, husband and, and her mm -hmm. husband, of course. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I had this dream that uh, with Mary talking to me and uh, the, the people really didn't uh, when I started talking about, it, they didn't want me to tell the husband <laughs> uh, because the, the dream was basically that he, she, she was saying, well, he's going to be married. He's going to uh, find somebody else and be married in a year. And yeah. they said they didn't want to hear that. <laughs> so, well, the thing about it is yes, spirit comes to us right away in dreams always, but most of the time we wake up and dismiss it. You know, we don't yeah. believe in it, but she was giving you a truth to let you know it was her but often a person in the midst of grief, like her husband, might not be open to that. But she's also trying to reach him in her own way. So, mm -hmm. you know, I work with so many grieving parents who've lost children, and often it takes them maybe six months or so before they're willing to acknowledge that all of these signs and dream visions are real. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it, what's interesting is Neil also had a dream that my sister had come to him. He was sort of in a twilight sleep mm -hmm. and she was laying beside him and he, had, he put his arm around her yeah. and she said, you're with the wrong person. <laughs> and so that really hit him. So Rob, Rob and I told him, you know, about about Rob's dream. And he goes, in a year, I'm going to be remarried. In a year. He, he was like <laughs> aghast, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, but I said, you know, you know Mary, Mary would want you to be happy. Yeah, she wouldn't exactly. want you to spend the rest of your life mourning. I mean, that's you know? what Paul on Paul's deathbed, you know, before he went into a coma, his last words to me were, I want you to get married and have babies. I don't want you wasting your life grieving over me. And I know now for sure that Paul brought you know, people into my life, especially my husband that I'm now married to, and we raised two children with, yeah. it was such a strong moment of recognizing that Paul had brought him to me. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, and what's interesting, um, <clears throat> Neil writes me periodically, and one day he said, you know, I, I got this email from this woman I knew years ago in Europe, and her name's Eve. And he says, we traded uh, emails. And he says, then I talked to her 
And she also had just recently lost her husband. Oh, wow. I said, Neil, <laughs> I said, go for it. You know, yes. and that's, that's that's the sign, you know. Those right. partners so, are working hard yeah. <laughs> from the divine realms right. to bring love and healing to <clears throat> the, their loved ones here on earth. You know, when the spirit crosses over, the first thing that happens is the soul review where they're held lovingly and analyze mm. their life and sort of see where they could have done better, been more loving, more open-hearted, courageous. And they make decisions then from that place of wisdom about helping their departed. I mean, their alive loved ones who are still uh -huh. on earth because they know how hard the earth realm is. It's known in the, in the divine realms as the hardest place that a soul <laughs> can incarnate. Many other galaxies are much more enlightened than Earth. And if you chose to come to Earth, on some level, your soul said, I'm willing to jump in down there into that mess and try to awaken consciousness, or you wouldn't be here. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I must say, Neil, I had to talk about this. Okay, just so because I send them all the podcasts. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. My so uh, most of us experience self-doubt and uh, fear at times. And what's your remedy for uh, emotions like that? Well, that is part of being human. Definitely. It's part of the ego <laughs> mind and the human mind. But however that we can begin to quiet that mind and trust the heart, there's even meditations from the beautiful Hindu and Buddhist lineages where you have your palm in this position mm -hmm. upturned and you put it in front of your heart chakra and you just breathe into the energy of the heart and just feel that opening of unconditional love that is our divine right it's what the universe is made of it'll come in through the crown chakra it'll begin to fill that heart chakra and then we want to offer it out to the world. So we are just the channel of that love coming through us and out. Once we align with that, our self-doubt and our fear minimizes itself. Mm -hmm. But it'll always be part of our human journey. Yeah. And the same with anger, I think. That's uh, an issue I have. Uh, and I want to ask you, how to how do I avoid getting triggered by other people? With, you know, well, hard. first, let me tell you, anger is not as terrible of a thing as we like to call it, because sometimes anger is how we when I work with grieving parents, I'll say, you know, being angry at the world or angry at the doctor or angry at the kid yeah. who gave your child an overdose is sometimes the only thing that gets you out of bed when you're deeply yeah. grieving. So anger mm -hmm. is energy and we can use it to move forward until we reach a point where we can embrace the heart energy more of love. But being triggered is normal in the human realm. Do not beat yourself up about it. There are so many triggers right now. Just as soon as you're aware <laughs> to say, how can I see this differently? How can I see the wisdom of this moment? How do I want this moment to look when I do my soul review? And mm. that really helps us start kicking it into Ugh. the love and compassion. It's funny, my husband and I were at a restaurant uh, yesterday and and he's my husband is definitely my spiritual partner in this journey of growth. And 
And we had this waitress come to our table who would only speak to him, him being the man of the table, right? <laughs> and literally talked over me. Like I would say, I would like, and she would just be talking to him, you know? And oh God. <laughs> when, you know, when she left the table, I said, Jean, help me. I feel like I just want to strangle her. <laughs> and Jean said, Jean said, because he's lived with me a long time. He said, think of the years of abuse in her childhood where she was taught the only person of value is a man. Is a man. And we I instantly got tears in my eyes. I saw the whole pain story of her backstory. And from then on, I had that anger was gone. Yeah. And here's the thing in our soul review, when we're lifted out, out of the body and we review it, that's what we see. We see the backstory of pain of everyone oh, wow. who ever hurt <laughs> us. And then we realize there's nothing to forgive. I see it all with compassion now and understanding. Now, so does this happen to you in the grocery store? I mean, are you standing in line and you pick up stuff about people in line? Only when I switch to... out of the head and into the heart, <laughs> then I can do it. And I love it that Jean asked, you know, Jean said that in that moment of think about the years of abuse in her uh -huh. life. And we both started like getting images of it. Whenever we ask for that guidance, our guides are all around us all the time going, let us help you. But you have uh -huh. to invite us first, you know, because that's one of the rules of the divine order universe is they can't interfere. But if we say, show me a different way to look at this, help me right now, they can instantly come and give us words of wisdom. It's our choice if we listen to them, though. Free will is a real thing on earth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I had a, a weird experience about two days after my sister's death. I was sitting on their front porch with my dog who came with us and he was eating and all of a sudden I look up and there was a hummingbird mm -hmm. like this right in front of my face. Yes. And I knew it was my sister. Yes. I could see its eyes. I'd never seen a hummingbird that close. And then it flitted off. I said, wait, wait, I've got <laughs> questions. Get back here. <laughs> you know, birds um, are always carriers of right. spirit messages and have always been through time. And it doesn't mean that your sister's living in that bird. It right. just means that her energy was able to bring that bird to you for uh -huh. a recognition moment. But, you know, you may know this. There's also a term in grief called, well, I'm going to mess it up, but I think it's called transfiguration, <laughs> where you can right. be walking through a crowded mall and you're thinking about your departed and suddenly somebody will walk past you who looks and has the energy mm -hmm. of that person. And what that is, is their soul for a moment dropping in right. to show you that they're okay and all is well. Uh -huh. That happens so often to me. And there's this one shopping center that I go to a lot and and now when I'm there, I'm like, okay, who's going to show up? Jeff or Paul or Chrissy or my dad? Like I have this whole posse of departed loved ones. And I'm like, good, give me a sign. Let me see you. 
Yeah, that used to happen after my parents had died. I'd be in a mall or someplace, a bookstore, mm-hmm. and I'd turn around and one of them would be there. Yes. I mean, or somebody who looks like them. Yes. Yeah, that's that's always kind of shocking. <laughs> it is. And even the sound of their voice, you know, they might mm-hmm. say something to you and that voice is like, oh, my God, that's my dad's voice. And then they're gone and you're like, oh. yeah. you know, you just know it hits <laughs> your heart, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's one, Sue, there's one thing I want to talk to you about a uh, little bit different. Uh, there's a lot of people, a surprising number of people in the wellness and the fitness um, industry and ecology as well, who are, who are kind of falling down the rabbit hole, who yeah. to me, they're going on the dark side. And I was a, a yoga teacher for 28 years and Suddenly, I seem to be surrounded by people who were, uh, you know, or uh, it, it started basically with uh, uh, COVID and uh, mm-hmm. and the virus and you know the the lockdown and that, and then it just expanded. Into- I totally understand and agree with that. This is one of the reasons I went to ministry school. I was watching all of this <laughs> unfold. And I was getting so angry and so upset. And what I've now learned and realized is that we're at this enormous tipping point of consciousness. We're either going to go into fear thoughts, which are the darkness, or we're going to go into the love and the compassion and seeking that higher understanding, which is the light. But we're, we're all having to choose a side. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, mm-hmm. when you see people who've studied health and yoga suddenly going into all the fear-based conspiracy stuff, you have to rise into your own loving consciousness as a way of balancing that out because it's happening everywhere. And if people yeah. like us get angry and upset about it and afraid, then we're not holding the light of higher consciousness either. And I take you back to that vision that the light and the love is still winning and that there will be an awakening of all of this. But I've been shocked by the number of people who I used to respect who went down that dark trail of conspiracy and craziness and, and really paranoid thinking that is all fear. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, what the. How, how do you communicate with people like that? <laughs> well, I mean, here's reason- our lesson. <laughs> but here's our lesson right now. What we're learning is that ideas and debates don't matter. We thought yeah. for many decades and centuries that if you were smart enough and had all the right knowledge and right. understood things in an intellectual way, that you could convince other people of what was correct not true. and true. Yeah, it's not true. Now <laughs> that does not work. So no. what we're learning is that ultimate lesson that Jesus taught, I give you a commandment more important than all the rest, which is to love one another and to look at that person in front of you who's spewing that crazy stuff don't engage, send them love and compassion and go on your own journey, go on your own walk. Keep walking. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. But what their argument is, is that everything needs to be uh, shaken up and uh, destroyed. uh, And, uh, but you know, and my response is, well, what's what's going to be the result of that? (laughs) You know, Uh, the loss of uh, rule of law and democracy. So here's what I feel. I've I've really talked to um, a lot of my guides and the angelic realm collective about this. 
And what I feel and what I've been shown is that, yes, it's a rebirth moment on Earth, and there is a lot breaking down. But this has happened before on Earth, and we have to kind of take that long view of the outcome picture, which will be good and will be light and love and not Mm -hmm. get caught in the fear. I mean, there could... I'm going out on a limb, but there could definitely be a civil war in this country in the next few years. But the more that we work on our energy and our love and our light and our compassion, the more we bring that to a close sooner than later. Hmm. Interesting. So let me ask you a question. What what are aliens? What are UFOs? I mean, well, now that depends this is so on much. Where, yeah, they're from so many different galaxies. It depends on, you know, which species you're talking about. But there are many <laughs> highly evolved species in other galaxies, and they are trying to help us. They've been coming to Earth for, you know, since the beginning of human time mm-hmm. and trying to help us at every pivotal moment. And they may make their presence known. I've, I've really got many uh dreams and awarenesses that they're they're having a debate right now and they're debating the interplanetary beings are debating the angelic realm collective and huh. the earth-based hmm. soul collective about what is the right action at this point in humanity and the yeah. angelic huh. realm is saying we can shift it with love and i'm from that <laughs> angelic realm and we're saying give us a moment here to work on it and the interplanetary council is really deciding if we are worthy of being helped and if it's if wow. it's um if we're capable of being helped, and that's the whole council, that's not individual right. uh, species, but there are some that really think maybe it's time to cut their losses and walk away from the earth realm. But there are other powerful interplanetary beings who are going, no, we are going to help. We are not going to allow this earth to self-destruct, you know? So it's uh. all kind of in the debate right now. <laughs> can I, can I ask a yeah. question? Yeah, Real quick question. So, so, so maybe, so sorry, disembodied producer John here. Um, so, so, uh, maybe we don't need their help. Maybe we just need to know they exist, you right? know, and on a grand scale, everybody make yourself visible to us right. and let us know that you're there. Mm-hmm. And just that would be an, and, and I don't know, maybe I that's agree. the interpretation you know, of helping, I've, but it would just be the yes, knowledge to I've bring everybody that together. Same yeah. thing. I've had yeah. that same request to those beings and said, just show yourself to us <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that we can go, wait a minute, the world is not what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. You know, not all of us on talking now, we know, right. we know the bigger <laughs> understanding, but so many of those fundamentalist Christians who are so locked down. Mm-hmm. And actually, I do believe that the fundamentalist Christianity that's crazy rampant right now is responsible this is really a religious spiritual point uh-huh, in it sure is. of waking up but, and but but can i say real quick mm-hmm. i think there are some atheists that absolutely would have their mind blown if, yes. if <laughs> i think so <laughs> right well, so, yeah, yeah. Well, so <laughs> you're right <laughs> yeah absolutely and but what i would like is for i've often said because jesus is a highly evolved soul who came to earth i, I keep saying jesus just 
stand up there where we can all see you and and tell them that they've got it wrong you know like you guys are not spreading what i talked about and i've asked for the panel of jesus and buddha and all those teachers to like make yourselves known now and show us how it all really works we need that yeah. maybe that'll happen when the aliens show themselves too yes wouldn't that be great but <laughs> that then, really would then there would be people going oh that's fake news you know yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm telling you just Times square it's waiting it, <laughs> right? there's all I kinds agree. of cameras everything it's it's just all it's just just right. bring a crap craft and hover over it for it has to be more than that or the deniers will say yeah. you know that was a oh that was a hillary clinton video or something yeah. i mean on a friday night there are a lot of cell phones pointed towards the sky so true <laughs> yeah. true okay yeah. i hope those beings are listening to us right now yeah. hello you guys but you know, get your act together, please. Yes. There's a segment though that believe uh, that are very fear oriented towards the aliens too. That uh, think you know they're they're a danger, and you know, like Ronald Reagan said, well, the the humans on Earth would uh, all join together if we had a alien a, attacking us. You know, uh, but the thing is, if they're so advanced, say a million years right. advanced consciously, right. they could have destroyed us long oh, ago. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Know? I mean, that's just the war mentality that our earth has been so stuck in <laughs> yeah. that, you know, presidents and leaders have been so happy to fuel that fear. And there's an amazing guy who used to work for the government named Stephen Greer, I think is his name. Uh -huh. and he he is always doing document documentaries and videos showing how it was not the aliens who came to hurt us. It was when the the government saw them, they turned it into mm -hmm. a war battle story so they could go to war and have a, a more money in the mental um, in the war yeah. machine uh, div division. Right. But the mm -hmm. aliens haven't come to go to war with us. They're coming to try to wake us up. Yeah. Well, and let me jump, let me and based off of that, that's what bothers <laughs> me about the hearings going on right now. Is, oh, I know. Because there's no, you know, show us some, you know, show us some evidence, show us some documents. But yes. uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, I can't help but think this is uh, to put us on a war footing with some yeah. invisible enemies. Yeah. So, and right. that's what Stephen Greer talks about, too. He's worth watching. He has free documentaries on Netflix. Right. And you guys should interview guy. him. He's got amazing stuff to share. Yeah. I'd love yeah. to get him on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, so you, <laughs> okay. Uh, you have, you have an interest. <laughs> this is the problem with having two people interviewing you. <laughs> talking over each other. Uh, 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 so you have an interesting chapter on addiction, uh, mm -hmm. whether it's, yeah. Uh, addiction to a substance or to a person? Could you go into, into that a bit? Boy, I have really <laughs> immersed myself in the the what the guides and the angels have been teaching me about it is that, you know, we love to label people who are addicted as bad or lost or something. I believe now that a soul who's addicted is a spiritually hungry soul who saw this earth for what it is, a very lost and crazy place, 
and try to find a higher consciousness and awareness, but their only path that they understood to take was through a substance. And mm-hmm. a substance will temporarily give you that out-of-body connection to something greater, but mm-hmm. it only lasts briefly and then it destroys you. And those who are addicted, I always say, are highly evolved, sensitive souls who can't stand the pain of this physical world. And they're seeking God and spirituality kind of in the wrong places, but they're still learning. And this is what will probably get me in a lot of trouble for saying this, but when I talk to the spirits who crossed through addiction or because of addiction, they are showing me and telling me that they learned exactly what their soul needed to learn anyway, in spite of outer appearances, and uh-huh. that their loved ones who are left behind are growing enormously due to their own suffering journey of addiction that they witnessed and broke their heart. You know, like like parents who lose a child yes. to addiction. I, I mean, I, to me, the loss of a child must be the greatest, it is. And greatest loss a, you can oh, have. There's an organization I want to give a shout out to called HelpingParentsHeal.org. They are the only and the largest nonprofit that helps grieving parents realize that their children still exist and they can communicate with them. Wow. And that so many of them, their children died of fentanyl or some drug they were even Mm -hmm. given at a party that was supposed to be ecstasy and it turned out to be deadly. And then other of those parents watched their child struggle with addiction for many years and what I know to be true from looking at those children's soul path and their numbers and talking to them is that they were the highly evolved soul of their family and uh. that they they were walking that journey. And I, I go back to Paul, my first husband, he walked a journey, not consciously, but from the soul perspective that was going to tear him apart, break him open, make him suffer physically because it brought him to a place of, we could call it spiritual purification of negative patterns. Those who suffer with addiction are going through another kind of journey of suffering for the process of awakening. And I know that's Uh. backwards to every way that the world looks at this. I'll probably get hate emails because of it. (laughs) But that's what the spirits have shown me. I even had my own true love from my early 20s before I met Paul. He died of addictions just a year ago. And Uh. he's come back because I've asked him, hey, I need your insight on this. Are you okay? And what did you learn in your journey? And he's told me so many amazing things. So I'm really clear that it's not a devastating end of life thing. I'm not encouraging addiction, but for us to look at it as a way to help them and love them more, that they are spiritually seeker seeking truth. Yeah, and related to that would be young suicides. Right, same thing, because so many of these parents lose their children to suicide, and then that dogmatic Christianity basically says, hey, you're going to hell hell for eternity. (laughs) But that's when the parents wake up and they go, 
I know that's not true. I know my child is filled with love and is part of God. I feel it. I know it. I've heard from them. And that's when they start finding that other spiritual perspective. Mm -hmm. But again, that's always a sensitive being who stayed in this painful earth realm as long as they possibly could. And that was a soul posse agreement with all the loved ones, because once a loved one of yours takes their own life, you are going to be catapulted into enormous self soul review of how you could have maybe loved more. That's always the question that Uh parents ask. And yet the awakening that they have brought you the greatest spiritual opening to your heart, to your love, your compassion. Yeah. Now, do you think Paul's going to reincarnate? Yes, and I'm glad you asked that because when Paul crossed, I lived in Boulder, Colorado, a very Buddhist town. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the Buddhist friends would say, now don't don't call on Paul. Don't um when he comes to you, push him away because he's got to move uh-huh. on. And that really messed me up for a few years. Uh-huh. And then I, I learned, yes. And then I learned in quantum physics, of course, the brilliant quantum physicists tell us there is no linear time the way we right. see it on earth. That's a figmentation of our left brain logic mind that has to see everything in a linear way. When the soul crosses, time and space is happening in multidimensional places all at Uh once in a way that our brains can't understand. So Paul probably has reincarnated, but he also comes back to guide me and teach me. This is how the Uh spirit world works because it's not a linear time and space. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So he has come back. That's good. So you're you're saying our souls are multidimensional. Then yes, I mean, duh, than, right? Uh, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. duh. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, do now when, when you're when you're speaking to spirit, can you tell if it's some? I'm sure you can. Somebody who is reincarnated, and you're speaking to that spirit multidimensional part of the soul no because they come back um well i'll give you an example when my best girlfriend chrissy died of leukemia a year after paul died this was my early 30s i think i signed up for a life plan that was going to knock me wide (laughs) open whether i liked it or not right and so when chrissy died and she had been my lifelong best girlfriend she instantly that night i had i didn't even know she had crossed i thought she was in remission and she came to me that night and started taking me around the world to see things and make me laugh and i was giggling and laughing so hard with chrissy the way we'd always done that my stomach muscles were hurting from she could make me laugh <laughs> so much that my stomach muscles would hurt and when i woke up in the morning and I called her mom and I, her mom said, yeah, she crossed in the night. I realized Chrissy came back to show me that the love and the laughter and the humor, and I could see her physically, that it's all completely real on the divine realms. And yet over time, as Chrissy has come back to guide me to answer my questions, her physical self is more shimmery it's like it's harder for her to take that Uh um physical presence of the way she looked when i knew her it's been Mm -hmm. 40 something years so now (laughs) excuse me 
Hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> now it's a shimmering energy that I recognize as her presence. <clears throat> but the funny thing about that is that Paul comes back very much recognizable. And so does my father. So it really depends uh, on the soul, I believe. Yeah. I think for a lot of people who are not as in tune as you are with the other side that uh, in communication, uh, they receive information uh, through synchronicity, through symbols that mm. appear to them that uh, they might be getting them all the time, but not recognizing them. And finally, maybe something hits that, wow, that that that's that's important that that bird that was uh that cardinal that was that, on, on the grave on the gravestone yeah. he was always interested in cardinals and uh would talk about th things like that you know that yeah. uh, are ways that people suddenly kind of wake up i guess yeah and also numbers you know so many of my grieving yeah. moms tell me that they've been seeing especially the numbers 11, 22, right. 33, these higher master soul the numbers. Double. Yeah. And so they they would ask me, you know, and the funny thing is often when I look at that departed child's birth path, they are on that, you know, 11 sacred path uh -huh. in this life. And that's the number that the mom is seeing everywhere. And so I'll go, you know, that's no random thing. That's your child going, wake up to your spiritual presence, your spiritual <laughs> path, you know, <laughs> everything is wow. helping us here. Yeah. That's the thing we forget. If we trust the higher wisdom of our soul and our heart, we align with the force that is trying to help us all here evolve and awaken. And when we're in our fear and our vibration is so much lower and darker, we lose touch with that goodness, that sense of perfect divine order, but it's our free will. And our free will can choose at any moment to focus on the love, the light. That's why people always teach gratitude because it's such a quick uh -huh. shifter into that higher perspective. <laughs> I can be so angry at the world and ah, oh, my cat is here. I have so much gratitude for my beautiful <laughs> cat. You know, oh, my husband is here. And as we shift into that gratitude, it raises us up to that higher understanding. Is that one of your daily shifters that you talk about? Yeah. In fact, unity is big on gratitude. You know, we do a lot of gratitude uh -huh. affirmations and, and, and energy shifter practices. And I write about um, energy shifting in all my books. Um, I used to call it EPR, energetic personal resuscitation, where you use <laughs> gratitude or sweetness or humor Something. to shift uh -huh. your energy to that higher vibration. Hmm. I'd like to ask you about uh, your work doing past life regressions with people. Do you find it uh, challenging to get them to uh, go into that state where they can connect? Uh, how, how does that work for you? I mean, Well, uh, I've learned a lot because I was trained by a brilliant woman, Dr. Linda Bachman, who studied with the original uh, writer, author about past lives. And she taught me so much. But what I've really learned is that each person needs, as I bring them into a relaxation state, 
I make it very personal for them to help them lift away from their monkey mind, their their own human story. I kind of peel it off of them when we're going through the meditation um, of quieting the mind. And then when I bring them into that past life, <clears throat> I always tell them, you're either going to see it like a movie or you're going to hear it, or you're going to smell it or know it, but you have to go with whatever senses are uh -huh. leading you because some people can't see it. They don't have right. that, yeah. that visual sense, right? Mm -hmm. And so I have to help them trust the auditory or the knowingness, you know, uh -huh. and once they can shift into that, they all have a very helpful healing and profound experience. Yeah, especially mm -hmm. the one you uh, write about uh, the woman named Patricia. I mean, uh, that is, could you talk about that story? That is amazing one. Yeah. I mean, she had so many problems on her life plate at the moment, and she was able to go right into a past life that was where she was being hunted down and killed for the color of her skin. And in this life, she's a white woman, you know, and in that <laughs> past life, she was a Native American with dark skin and she was hunted and, and killed for that reason. And she came out of that going, wow, when I see that people are, are simply the feeling of being uh, hated simply for a color of the skin. Now I want to really do more work about awakening people from prejudice and discrimination. And these are the experiences we can have in our past life regressions. Hmm. Yeah. So I have a question about people, politicians who do <laughs> heinous things like uh, our governor banning books, banning <laughs> You know, I, everything in Florida is banned now. Right. Oh. What, what what kind of soul is that? You know, I mean, what, what can so, be done to help him? You know, when we take ownership of this shift of consciousness, we have to say that it, there has been a dark side to humanity for eons that has held on to hatred and discrimination, but they have done it, done it under the cover, more secretive. Right. And that at this turning point, Everything is coming to the surface. You, you can't hold a dark feeling now without it coming to the surface. Uh -huh. And it goes with the principle of everything must be revealed to be healed. So he's going to go wow. and do all of this. And people are going to start seeing, even people who support him, are going to start bumping into the ramifications of that in their own life and how it doesn't serve them. And they're going to, it's going to help start awakening people who are so easy to align with that kind of fear and negativity. Yeah. But we have to trust the time process here <laughs> and, and hold on to that bigger view. But my heart goes out to you so much. <laughs> I'm always thinking, oh my God, Gene and I talked about moving to Florida. You know, I'm <laughs> no, no. so glad we didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's, it's not the place to live now. It, right? It's it's like uh, it's a challenge to be uh, which, which candidate can be the meanest one. You know, right. I mean, so and, and that's the human meanness that has needed yeah. to be healed for right. such a long time. 
He, and now we get to see it in full. Now it's so obvious. Uh, right yes. off, right so off front. I mean, I mean, he even says this, as soon as he's elected, we're going to start uh, slitting throats, you know? Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. I know. Uh, uh, so, so we're going to see how it plays out, but I guarantee <laughs> you that the light and the love wins. I yeah, guarantee you. Okay. <laughs> I sure hope so. Well, then you can move to Florida. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you live now? Oh, I hate to say it. We moved from Colorado to Arizona, so we're kind of oh. not a oh, whole wow. lot better than uh, you guys. Right? You're now. in the uh, you're in the uh, 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 medium moderate moderate apocalypse weather too, right? Oh yeah, I mean it's been amazing. I've never experienced heat like this before. But, you know, honestly, there's no place right now of comfort. Everything here on Earth is uh -huh. in upheaval and turmoil and discomfort. And I think one of our patterns as humans is to be, oh, where can I go now that I'm going to feel better? Right. Where but can the, I escape to? <laughs> right. <laughs> but the truth is we have to do the inner work. We can't try to run from this because yeah. it's at chaos everywhere. Yeah. So we have to turn within to the soul, to the heart, to the higher consciousness. It's our only bomb right now, mm -hmm. our only healing bomb. Yeah. I feel better about not moving now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would suggest everyone move to LA and San Francisco, but anyways. <laughs> well, our son lives there, you know, so we often even think about that, you know, but the thing is we moved here because Gene, my beautiful husband was diagnosed in 2018 with an aggressive cancer and having at that point walked so many of my loved ones through the cancer yeah. journey. I just said, this is your journey. You tell me how you want to walk this and I'm just going to be your loving partner, no matter how you want to do this. And I gave up trying to heal other people long ago because it's the soul's intention to heal or to exit and no one can mess with right. that. So he said, there's only one doctor in this country who's <clears throat> offering me hope and they're at Mayo Clinic in Phoenix. And he said, I want to go there. Wow. So we sold our family home and packed up our 40 year life in Colorado and moved here. And it's been the most extraordinary experience. He is doing amazing. They never said, they never even said huh. he would live five years. He's doing amazing. And for me, I came here and met the moms who run Helping Parents Heal. They are my wow. best friends. I And I've never felt so aligned with higher vibration than I do with these moms and Helping Parents mm -hmm. Heal. I never imagined I would come to Arizona and find this. It's the world huh. has always got light and dark happening side by yeah. side. And we have to trust that if we seek that light, we find it. So are you in Maracaibo County in uh, Scottsdale or Phoenix? I'm in Scottsdale, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, that's we've true. watched crazy uh, election stuff happen yeah. here, boy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. Okay, wow. this has been great. Uh, oh, this has been fantastic. already. <laughs> And, well, uh, Sue, I I know you've got other books, and we'd love to have you back to talk about all your other books. I I find your work absolutely fascinating. Oh, thank so you. So it's it's it, and comforting in an yeah. oddly yeah. strange way. 
Well, yeah. people can go to my website, suefrederick.com yes. and find more information about my books. And they're also all on Amazon. And if you want to okay. figure out your birth path, you can get that sacred numerology workbook on Amazon. It's only $5.99. <laughs> oh, good. I'm going to get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to do it from your other book. I thought, no, I need to, I need more paper. I need yeah. More, well, that's more what the work, yeah. The workbook is laid out so that you can basically go through and figure out your whole family, everybody. Oh, great. And it's so helpful. Yeah. Okay. Well, fantastic. And um, you want to give us the names of your other books too? For people? Oh, my most recent and most important one is Through a Divine Lens, Practices to Quiet Your Ego and Align with Your Soul, which was inspired by this vision. <laughs> and that's on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and on my website. So people who are really struggling with all these things we've talked about today, they can find so much healing and tools and meditation in that book through a divine lens. Okay, great. Okay, thank you. Well, wow, thank you. It's been great having you and great yeah. great conversation. Thank you all so much. Okay, Loved it. Yeah. Thank Later. you. Thank you. Thanks for joining The Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical.